0: stilling be careful he had said it's fragile see the soft lead it bends it can break she wondered why she hadn't perceived that conversation then the same way she did now as a shrill and distant warning instead she had only smiled at him smiled and said that she knew this that of course she understood Glancing around her, she took a quick calculation of what had sold, what still remained. The strong box in her lap held over seven hundred dollars at last count. She could easily believe that half of the people in the town had stopped by at some point to browse, if not to buy. The fishing tackle and his grandfather's bamboo fly rod had been among the first things to go. All of his suits were gone. The head teacher at the nursery school had bought every last uniform, saying the four-year-olds loved to play policemen, and wouldn't this be a wonderful addition to the dress-up corner? The only things left were his boxer shorts, she supposed they would have to be sent to Goodwill, and a stack of travel magazines that she'd found quite by accident behind his bandsaw. Inspired, she stood up and took the stack— then walked to the edge of the driveway. She handed the one on top blue ocean, white beach, two hundred top Caribbean hotels to a man with a little girl in tow. Thank you for stopping by, she said, offering the magazine like a theater playbill or a parting gift. At ten past five, she sat down on her folding chair. She remembered reading once about tribal Indian societies, centuries earlier, in which women had the power to divorce a husband simply by stacking his shoes outside a teepee. She pressed her knees together and tried not to think about the sun that was blinding her eyes and giving her a headache. Her husband drove up at 5.26. "'Hi,' he said. "'I made good time.' She didn't say anything. He glanced at the overturned boxes, the pile of underwear to the left of her feet, the bare-strung clothesline, the box on her lap. Getting rid of some stuff? It was a good day for a garage sale. She didn't turn to face him as he gave her a strange look and walked into the house. She counted how many breaths it took before he thundered down the stairs and out the door, to stand in front of her. His face was red with anger, and he blocked out the low sun so that the edges of his hair and his shoulders seemed to be on fire. I'm sorry, she said coolly, coming to her feet. She gestured gracefully around the lawn. There's nothing left. Clutching the strong box beneath her arm, she walked down the driveway and into the street. She put one foot mechanically in front of the other, in the direction she knew would lead to the center of town, and she didn't allow herself to look back. Part One Who will not mercy unto others show? How can he mercy ever hope to have? Edmund Spencer THE FAIRY QUEEN A man gazing on the stars is proverbially at the mercy of the puddles on the road. Alexander Smith, Men of Letters To my love After a while, I couldn't remember whole pieces of you, as if part of the punishment was a recollection through a filter that grew hazier with time. On certain Sunday mornings when I dreamed you, I couldn't picture what your teeth had looked like, or the exact curve of your jaw where it fit in my hand. I used to imagine us sitting down for a drink at a bright little restaurant, maybe one of those specialty coffee shops that have become so popular. I swear I could smell the blended beans and the starch of the white napkins, even the milled soap that you would have used that morning. I was able to see your easy smile, which always seemed to startle its way across your face. Your smile, but not your teeth. And the way your fingers tapped a light tattoo against the mug.